Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigm's run out of time and we've got no use. Unloose the goose. Well, here we are again. It's Unloose the Goose, episode 54. We're going to talk about underground networking. This is going to be a fun topic today. Here's who we have on the show. We've got Xavier Hawk. Say hi, Xavier. Hello, everybody. And we've got Jack Spierko. And I am Nicole Sauce. You're used to hearing my voice introduce these about every other week. So underground networking is something we get to define first. But before we jump into that... What what are y'all drinking? It looks like you like a Sonic. What is it? <laughs> a Kratom tea. Kratom, oh. all Kratom right. Tea. Did you get it from John Bush? Yep. Oh no, no, that's from the local local store here. The local Kratom a, store. Yeah, they serve teas. That's, they do kava and tea and all kinds of stuff. But. Looks like Alliston has wine from the comment feed. Jack, what do you got? I have vodka and Lacroix. It was gonna be it was gonna be just Lacroix, but after today, uh, it's Lacroix and vodka. And uh, <laughs> you will probably see me disappear for about five minutes uh, or less during this live feed. I'll just get up and leave, and when I come back, my glass will be full again. And if you're wondering, <laughs> yes, it will be the same thing in there because this is a two two drink kind of day. A two drink day. Yeah, is, I, I've got some Tangeray here. There you go. Mixed with. You know, holler, fizzed holler spring water, because I'm not fancy like you. I don't buy the LaCroix. Back, <laughs> we've got holler roast on the feed. So somebody's cool. making the right decision today. Yeah. Yeah, the LaCroix <laughs> is generally designed to keep me from drinking the vodka. Because, mm-hmm. like, I can just drink the LaCroix by itself, and then I get the ritual of having the glass and the ice cubes. But some days you need more than the ritual. You need the rich. <laughs> yes. The vodka rich. The vodka rich. It, it's uh, we, go ahead. it's Deep Eddie vodka. Deep Eddie. If you if you're ever looking for a good Texas brand of vodka, Deep Eddie's pretty pretty solid. Nice. It's not Tito's, but it's good. Yeah. Tito's good. is good. Tito's half is better. grape juice and half coconut water. Lisa, <laughs> rocking the coconut water. All right. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like a little vodka could go in there and it'd be better. Maybe some yeah. rum. Yes, you may be thinking it's a bit early in the day yet. I don't know. She may have rabbits to care for or something. Okay. That's what you can do when you run your own business. It's 4 o'clock somewhere. It is 4 (laughs) o'clock. It's actually 5 o'clock where she is, I believe. Yeah, so there you go. She's over the line in Tennessee. Uh Uh-oh. News. Have you guys been paying attention to the Ask Clown Circus this week? Uh, A little bit. A little bit. And, yeah. There's, there's something going on in California. I don't know. Lots of people talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. What happened? I thought that was yesterday. I, I Oh, they cheated. That's what happened. <laughs> Everybody wanted that piece of shit out of there. And then they used the same Dominion voting wear software. And then fucking he's still there. Little Is... like a cancerous tumor on somebody's ass of the United States. I, I I hear him, but he's is he locked up again? He's not moving. Yeah, his video locked up, but at least his audio keeps going. Yeah. So it's like he's yeah. here. We just can't see. It. And at least it didn't like freeze on a goofy expression on his face. He looks pleasant. He looks so. decent. Yeah, yeah. That you works. Can't see me. 
That's we, right. Why is Nicole all gussied up? I'm always gussied up. I just braided my hair because it's really hot here and long hair down when it's hot's not good. So got to get gussied up for, for goose too, of course. Yeah. Gussy up for the goose. Gussy up. I went, I got to the creek. That's what happened. Okay. So that wasn't really the news buster today though. Here's the news buster for the day. If you're ready for it. Everybody ready for it? Right. I'm going to start with Jack's. College sports are under siege. They want K Street to save them. <laughs> What's this all about? Well, you uh, you sent me the other one we're going to talk about, and it was about like trouble for colleges because, well, they deserve it. And it turns out that as colleges are having trouble with declining enrollments, et cetera, uh, during this COVID stupidity, uh, that – they're also having trouble with their multi-billion dollar sports programs because it turns out when you have less students, less people go to games and pay to go to them and less athletes are there to play. And, you know, then your multi-billion dollar little fiasco doesn't quite make multi-billion dollars anymore. And they want a bailout because, you know, it's not their fault. It's not their fault that their uh, enrollments are going down and it's not, their fault that people are fed up with their woke bullshit, and it's not their fault that any of this stuff's happening, and so they should get a bailout. They want lobbyists to help them and say, come support us, because we're essential to the country that people can watch, you know, college athletes play football at, like, 800 schools. So somehow day. college football mm. is unable to make money. Okay, paired with that, <laughs> we have this one. Which is big college, I'm sorry, wrong. <laughs> Which is Nicole can't read. Colleges okay. have a guy problem. A recent viral news story in the Wall Street Journal, by the way, reported that a generation of young men are abandoning college. The pattern. And contrary to what the woke people say, it's like the guys that play football at the colleges. That's how the, the ones that make money for the school anyway. That's. So and they're the ones that go to the games more often and 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 all that. So yeah, it's like yeah, all tied together. Yeah. Did yeah. you read the article, X? Did you get a chance to read that article? No, I did not. So it's not because of feminism in the colleges or the woke culture, and it's not because um, men feel under attack at the campus. It's because. Um, Genetically, women pay attention better in lower school, school grades, possibly, and therefore they do better at college. That doesn't make any sense. No. So, it's like, I think that's probably the premise that you're trying to get across by 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 quoting for that article. That I, it's clearly the fact that the colleges <laughs> are woke, that they, that they're retarded and can't keep their sports stadiums filled and make money, and that's why the guys aren't there. I mean, not being able to make money with college football, isn't that kind of like when the government took over a whorehouse and bar in Vegas and ran it into bankruptcy? Like, if you can't, if you can't make money selling sex and booze, you really probably shouldn't be in business in the first place. Like, if you can't make money selling overpriced football tickets to college football games, like, really? And then I'm back to where X was talking about with your article, Nicole, of like, I don't know if I'm a 20 year old kid. And I'm sitting in this classroom hearing how I suck every day, and I'm paying these assholes $25,000 a year that I'm going into debt for. Maybe I don't want to be there anymore. 
Maybe yep. I don't want to be told what a problem I am. And, you know, and, and I mean, even if I'm not white, if I'm a guy, like, you know, if I'm hearing patriarchy every day and whatever, and I know, like, I'm going into Hawk for, like, the next 20 years of my life or more for a degree that's not going to pay the bills, maybe I'm just getting tired of being talked about like I'm a piece of shit. Maybe that's well, why I don't want to be there anymore. Maybe it's not because I didn't pay attention in fucking kindergarten. I don't know. Well, it's also, Jack, because the same reason that you talked about for years, like I remember episodes a long, long time ago where you were talking about college as a racket way before Gary Vee was and how mm -hmm. they're overpriced and you're not really learning anything. And nowadays you can learn anything you want to online. And if you want and what is everybody interested in doing? Making money. They don't want to, uh, you know, go and dig a theater major. They want to make enough money so that they can they can buy a theater. Right. So they're learning all the things offline, learning marketing marketing programs from, you know, YouTube commercials, and that's what they're focusing their lives on now. Yeah, you know, as I was reading the article and they were they were saying, you know, 70% 70, 70 of college enrollment is now female. 70%. And this is a problem because back whenever we said there were more, there was 57% men and women when they decided to pass whatever, the act that says you can't discriminate based on gender and all those other things. And now it's 70% women, almost as if that did make a difference in the college campuses. And now they need to undo that because we need more, get this, men who will provide, who will stand up and provide. Whoa, what a revelation. That, that was in the article. And it was like, <laughs> and women, women go to college and don't meet men who also have college degrees. So now they're not getting married. Now they're not having children for the heterosexual crowd. And now we're going to have attrition in population. And that's the problem we really need to solve. All because of this college thing going on. Maybe maybe society's been shitting on men for long enough that, uh, you know, the men going their own way movement is actually starting to work. Because maybe men are not just tired of being told that we suck when we go to college. Maybe men are being tired of having their children used as a weapon against them and they don't want to have children anymore. Uh, and how unfair the family court system is. Maybe the patriarchy's like, you know what? Fucking survive without us, and maybe that's starting to hurt a little bit. I, I actually have had some people in my audience, younger guys, that are part of that self-appointed movement, like McGow or something is what they call it. Yeah. And, and I'm always like, you know, you're you're very short-sighted because like you having a family means so much to you, you know, that you're 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 cutting yourself out of it. But the response I get is, what do I get out of it? Divorced in ten years, two kids, child support for the rest of my life. My wife hooked up with some guy I'm paying alimony to support, but they know not to get married so that, you know, and I mean, that just seems like that. I, I can't really argue back with them against that. Like, I, I would never trade in my family for anything, but my family worked out. And, and I see what happens to people, and it, it, yeah. it's horrible. And I mean, I just think maybe a lot of young men are starting to say, you know what, fuck this. I'm in it yeah. all for myself. I, and, you know, a guy can go out. I don't need a college degree. A guy can go out and, and, and go to welding school for six months to get a job starting at 80 grand a year. And 80 grand a year is not really great money to take care of a family of five. But for a single guy, 80 grand a year, I could, I'm going to have cups of money in my cabinet if I'm making 80 yeah. grand a year as a single guy living in a one-bedroom apartment. Pretty nice, you know? Uh, you know, and, and that life does wear out eventually, but I think we're right in the middle of it 
And I think you're seeing it in colleges. I think you're seeing it in the workplace. I think you're seeing it in men's refusal to get married, to get tied down, to have kids. And now they want us to provide. Well, isn't that fucking nice? Right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a rare mood today, folks, so I'm sorry if well, I'm Well, I just, I mean, you're in the perfect mood for this. We're joined by <laughs> Nithi. Nithi Bali Hi, has Nithi. jumped in in late breaking news. She, she pulled an X on us. I did. Well, you know, I've had so much madness going on and I was scared to say I was going to show up, but then I try always to come because I miss you guys, man. Okay. So Nikki, what we're talking about are articles saying that there aren't enough men in college. We need to do something to fix it. College sports are not getting enough money. They need a bailout. What do you think about all that? What do I think about universities or institutions? Let's see. Uh, I am not for institutions. I'm not allowing my children to support the institutions. I, w- I refuse to fund the institutions. I have trained my children to learn how to make money, and I am aligning them with other entrepreneurs to work and apprentice under versus going to college. But also because I don't want my uh, children to grow up believing that love isn't possible or real or that, you know, um, I don't, I don't want them not to be interested in having children and procreating because I am, you know, the high priestess of the pasture and I am going to speak truth about nature and our, and the laws of the universe and the law of nature is that our only work is to procreate and all this other madness that we're doing is for the corporatocracy and the technocracy, which I do not support. So, Wow. There's that. Yeah. Well, There's I was that. just impressed in all of these articles with the circular logic because it's like a statement with a pregnant, obvious couple of answers and then an explanation why the obvious answers are not the answers. <laughs> It can't be. It couldn't be our fault. That's what you hear the woke people going, it couldn't be. It couldn't be us. Made up shit. And then it ends with, but we need to male dominance, male provider, male roles, female roles, family, bring. Now they're for for nature. Now they're for the hierarchy. Oh, now. Now they I think they want us to do all the work and admit we suck at the same time and say that we're not necessary and there's no difference between the genders and all. It's like they want both. There was an article about this years ago, and it had to do with like a survivor-type show, like where they're yeah. on an island, but it was a right. British version, and it was men and women, and then they, they eventually decided, well, let's see how this fucking works if we take the women and put them in a group and the men and put them in a group. And up until they did that, the women were, like, sunbathing all day and bitching and whining about crap and not doing anything because the guys were all thinking, well, maybe I'll score. So they were doing everything for the girls. As soon as they separated them, the girls' camp was a complete fucking disaster. And I'm not putting down women. I'm putting down that type of woman because they were, like, all young 20-somethings that had come through this indoctrination, but yet they wanted men to do everything. And when they had to do shit for themselves, they were screwed and the men's camp ended up being like, you know, they say women cooperate. The men were all getting along. They didn't give a shit. They were all working a couple hours a day each, taking care of all their needs and didn't care. And it, it, it's almost like like we do better together if one side's not shitting on the other. It's, it's crazy. It's almost like nature. Like Nathan says, like, all of a sudden they want nature. Like, when shit doesn't work out, where's the guy that's going to do the hard work and, and all the other right. stuff, right? You know? Hey, well. 
the guys might be doing the hard work, but they don't know what is required without the ladies working with them. I mean, it's a complimentary, you know, the, the mm-hmm. whole relationship is a comp, you're complimenting each other in, in major ways, you know, I mean, like in terms of like, I don't know, like with us and our kids, you know, like I'm the one who is the one who's letting my husband know, Hey, they, you know, every three months, our kids are in a new phase and he's out working. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, you don't need to handle this this way anymore. Now you got to kind of talk to this one, this way and that one, that way, because they're different now, you know, cause the kids are changing every three months. And, and that's just a small piece of it. You know, um, and yeah, I'm cooking and doing things at the house so that he is comfortably able to be out and working because I'm making sure that stuff's happening here and he's making sure things are happening there or around or whatever. And we're both working, you know, you have to be synergistically working in this together. And the whole idea, I think these young kids, you know, these girls, the ones that don't know that women were always queens before because they weren't, you know, they don't haven't lived long enough to see that is that, you know, men were taking care of things and, and, you know, women were queens there. I'm not saying there weren't some deadbeat guys or there weren't, there wasn't some abuse or whatever going on or some women who didn't want to do shit either. Okay. Cause it kind of goes in every direction. Because are we're not saying, all Nathie, Are you saying that just perhaps, it, contrary to popular belief, that the typical housewife in the 1960s was happier than the typical 30-something, 20-something female is today? That they were actually happier in that world? Confidently. On average, not, not individually, but on average. I, I would confidently say that because they were shaping the community. They, you know, when their husbands went to be interviewed, then those husbands had to take their wives. That was why it was a dinner with the wife mm-hmm. and it was an interview. That's true. And the husbands who were being paid and promoted were only married. And if they couldn't keep a wife, they weren't going to get the promotion. And that was it period. And the women were the ones who were shaping the community with their philanthropic, you know, focus. And they were the ones who were sitting on the boards where their husbands worked at their companies and using that, those corporate dollars from those husbands companies in the community in the ways that it was required for the library or whatever their children in the community needed. But this is what the, this new age young world has no clue about. Well, it's not just the young world, right? I, I, I'm the single person on the show, right? So I have an idea of how dating is and I'm Jack's age. So my generation wasn't quite to the point where men were neutered to the extent that I see them neutered today. Uh, And I've, you know, you go on dates and men are terrified of making the wrong step because Mm. they're going to get yelled at for opening a door or for any of these things that would have just been polite interaction. And it's frustrating because I'm like, I want somebody who's confident enough to just be them fucking selves. Right. And that we can compliment each other (laughs) and who can stand up to me is you can tell I'm a little outspoken. So, you know, it takes a special person, but there's a lot of fear and and lack of confidence and 
And those women are complaining about it, Nicole. The same women who want everything or whatever are complaining about it. And they're not impressed with these guys because they want a manly man, but they don't, they can't handle a manly man because they won't allow him to just be a man. A man's going to be a man. You can't let him. He's either going to be a man or he's going to be a beta. And I don't want a beta. So, <laughs> so I, I thought you were going to say a bitch, but it's the same thing. Oh my gosh. Somebody. So I've been hearing somebody say over and over how they want to set them up themselves up to be a high powered male. What? Like, high-powered and male. explaining what, like, it's weird. Like this person commenting in one of my communities is like, I need a job that pays this much so I can be a high powered male. And I'm like, well, you're never going to be a high powered high-powered male with that fucked. attitude. Like that has nothing, that has yeah. nothing to do with you're it. Screwed. Yeah. You're yeah. screwed. It's never going to happen. Like, I don't even know what that I think the money means. gives them the power. Is that, is that, that's, you're, you're saying, you're saying they think that the money gives them the power. Yeah. You know, my solution for the whole, if you open the door thing, you're chauvinistic or whatever, I open the door for you. If you think <laughs> about it, you get hit in the ass with the door. Right? And then, you know, there, there you go. Like, I didn't know that was a problem for you. So there you go. Now I you don't have to worry about it ever again. I was on a business phone call and one of the people on the call was a woman and she was like very aggressively like making her point across. And I totally got it. She was very passionate about what she was talking about. And she apologized that she was so aggressive. And I'm like, no, it's all good, darling. And my wife heard me say that. And she is like, did you just call a woman darling? Like, You're damn right. I yeah. did. You know, and, and it was, it was the nicest thing you could have said. I was I was being polite like and 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 then my kids were like why is that bad mommy and I and I chimed in at that point and I was like it's not you know oh god I forgot what I said specifically then but it was hilarious and my wife laughed and she was happy that I had said it but because it was like uh when the world something's wrong with the world when when you do something nice it's misinterpreted as to something abusive or uh oppressive right First of all, chivalry is not oppressive or abusive. No. And all the ladies out there are out of their freaking minds. And they don't even know what, you know, they call them, they want to be a queen, but they have no idea what is required to be a queen. And so to be a queen, you have to allow a king to be a king. So you are no queen if you don't know how to allow the king to be a king. There's a fucking t-shirt in that. If you want to be a yeah. queen, you have to let a king be a king. You can't be a queen and have little beta male bitches following you around. That's not no, how it works. I just right? don't know no. how you can be happy that way, really. I mean, That's well, they true. don't know what well, happens. They are miserable, Nicole, but they yeah, don't know well, why. I read another article a couple of weeks ago in, in New York, like liberal this ladies is now a new subject, are maybe. only, are only <laughs> dating or, or are targeting conservative males because they're tired of of the beta male problem. Yeah. Wait. What a fucking revelation. <laughs> like, if, they want, if they're looking for somebody to marry, they want a conservative dude. You know, and I don't, I don't I'm gonna, I'm know. Tell you something. There is nothing attractive about a beta male. There is like nothing attractive about a beta male. And I don't know why. I mean, I should stop. You get to say what you want. <laughs> when I was growing up as a kid, if I had been anywhere with like one of my uncles, my great uncles, my grandparents or whatever, and like we were at a store or something and a lady was coming and I didn't hold the fucking door, I would have ended up hearing a ringing sound. Is a big giant cup hand got me right in the freaking ear. Like, and then like they would have like, it never happened, but I saw it happen to one of my cousins. Because I opened the door because I saw it happen to one of my cousins. So he he got clipped in the ear by my uncle. And then my uncle went and grabbed this woman and said, 
I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm trying to teach this boy some manners. Would you mind coming back out here and going through that door again? Wow. Yeah. And he made him stand there and hold that door. Yes. And I'm like, so that's how I grew up, that that's what you did. And it wasn't just, like, you really better do it for women, but you just, it was, it was manners. Like, if you see somebody coming and you're holding the door, hold the freaking door until they walk through it. Now, also, I also do have kind of an issue with people, like, when you hold the door for them, they don't say thank you. Like, they yeah. act like you don't even exist. I kind of feel like those are the people that you let into a lane, and they don't wave and say thank you in the car. Like, it should be legal to get up behind them and put them in the wall. Like, that's yeah. – like, we should be decent to each other. My wife said today she let somebody into a fast food line when she's getting food for the kids. And when she got up to the um, the window, the guy that was in front of her driving a Beamer paid for their meal. Because she let him in, in, in the line. And I was like, that's, that's really cool. And that's, listening to this, I'm just thinking, like, she came and she was all happy. Like, somebody just did that because I was nice. And I'm like, you know, now I'm just thinking there's probably some, some, some women out there in this woke crowd that would be like, he thinks he's better than me or some shit. Like, cause they did something nice. It's like, you can't even be nice to people anymore. Is you that what like these wait, maniacs actually think? Like, they believe that? Is that well, true? Well, they do. And here's the thing. Somebody in the comments just said, I'll open the door for a woman, and if she gets all butthurt about it, that's not what they said. But if she gets all butthurt about it, that's a good filter for me. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah will, exactly. There will not be a second yourself date. yourself with the person you're seeing, there's no point in going on. There's People no say point. things online. And if online, yourself is somebody who agrees that we should be in a mutually beneficial relationship where we help each other, then a frickin' door shouldn't be the uh, the thing that gets in your way. Yeah. You know, nothing get. I don't, I, I think it's it's offensive if a gentleman's walking in front of me and he doesn't hold the door. I find it offensive. I, I mean, uh, to Jack's point, anybody. If I'm if I'm at a gas station and there are people walking into the door and I'm there, I either hold it for them so they can get through. You know, if I have to pee, I'm running through the door. If it's somebody who looks a little frail, though, I'm going to wait for, for them to get through. It doesn't matter yeah. the gender. It's, it's just, just it's, it's being it's it's operating with respect and integrity for your own self. Like, that's really all it is. But you know, I just, go ahead. I just I, I get offended by that myself. I, I find it offensive. I'm like, do you, because, but this is what we're, where we're headed with all of this dehumanization. I mean, you're talking about the universities. Why are people not going to the universities? Why are we going to allow them to program our men? I'm not allowing them to program my young man. I'm not going to do it. We're raising real men here. Well, I think there's like all of the stuff we've been talking about has to do with the university thing we started with, but I think there's other things going on there. Like, so we've literally so commercialized the college uh, industry that we have, we have like 75% of people in this country go to college, at least some. And that's stupid because I'm telling you, if you get 20 people in a room together and start talking to them, you're not going to find 14 of them that are smart enough or have the aptitude for the type of thing you go to college for. And that's why we have degrees in college now that have no purpose. And I think part of it is markets are going to – like part of this is just good old-fashioned markets are going to market, and they're just like people are figuring out like there's no point. Like if even if you take all the wokeism out of it, why am I going to go get a degree in communications or – liberal arts or French literature or whatever. Well, what I really want to do is work on cars or weld or, and there's all these trades that we need people to do that pay really freaking good. And guys tend to like, there are guys that like to put the power suit on like X and go to the office and whatever. And there's guys like me. I was, 
I did it, but I w- and I made money doing it, but I was always happier, like, out in the field doing work, like, running to, even if I wasn't doing, like, the manual labor itself, like, hey, you know, it actually is kind of intellectually challenged to figure out how am I going to get a piece of fiber optic cable from Azle, Texas to Fort Worth without breaking anything? Crossing hey, highways. Dude, like, that's like, I it, feel personally attacked by that remark. My degree in German and music <laughs> have been 100% helpful to me my entire career. <laughs> I, I can't think of a thing that I learned in AP calculus that I've ever used in real life. I don't. And so what was I going to do? Go to college and study more of this useless skill. Now, if you want to be a physicist, go to college. If you want to be in like the, the STEM fields or a lawyer or a doctor or an aerospace engineer or something where there's a, there's a legitimate pathway from, from this education into that. Great. But then we would have what? 25, 30, 40% top. Yeah, going to four-year universities. Like the country I know of, Germany, where college is free. Yeah, it's not free. Not everybody gets into college. <laughs> no. They have three systems, right? They have college. They have, like, trade schools. Yeah. And they have another, I guess, two kinds like of military, trade schools. Right? There's, like, professional school and then trade school. Mm-hmm. So there's three systems. And you, if you want to be an electrician, you're going to go to a trade school, not to college. Look, we've been on. If, if you're going to be a plumber, you're going to go to trade school, and you're going to make decent money. I mean, they make well, decent money here as well. Well, the cent- the corporatocracy is collapsing, so there's no use for any of those fake jobs, which is the reason why nobody's going to college. The you know you only go to college to get a job. I told my kids that. I said, if you want to get a job, then you have to go to college. But we don't need you to get a job. We need you to make money. So that means that you need to learn how to do something that is, you know, and that, and listen, yeah, like, so my son honestly is, would, he really, really, if he was going to want to go to university, he wanted to go to MIT because he loves to MacGyver stuff, right? Like he's very much into hands-on engineering type things that he can't articulate because he doesn't even know all of the possibilities. Like he how would like he? to go, he's 17. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I, you know, he was with us and he, I, I introduced him to, um, you know, Congressman Thomas Massey when, you know, when we've been doing these rogue food events, he's been there and, and, and Thomas Massey graduated from, you know, MIT. So, um, he's been talking to him, you know, and he's seeing what he's doing because what, what has Congressman Massey done? He has, he's living off grid. Uh, he built his entire home from scratch. He keeps coming up with like in, like really cool innovative innovations on his land to, so that he can farm while he's in D.C. while he's fighting for like why he's being a good oath keeper, you know, and um, and so he was able to see uh, like a glimpse and he's like, I do want to learn how to do that. And I'm like, OK, so like, why don't you learn how to work with some entrepreneurs and then see what you want to learn, how to learn how to do, or, you know, you'll come up with better ideas. Then when you go to MIT, then you would be able to focus on what's useful. And I was kind of joking earlier when I said that thing about my degree in German and music. I actually monetized that shit. But I went to college before it got ruined by the incredible amount of subsidy coming in from the federal government to make it so everybody can go to college and end up out of college and in debt. I was I went at a time when you could still come out. I came out with like master's program, four thousand total dollars for the whole thing, not a problem to pay off and done. 
people right. a decade after me were coming out with twenty thousand dollars in debt, and people a decade yeah. after that are coming out forty fifty thousand fifty. Yeah, I know somebody who had fifty. It's crazy. So it I, is crazy. I pinned a comment up here. One issue with boys: they are being drugged out with drugs and and told. I don't know what the rest of that was. One issue. One thing brought up in that um, article is that part of why boys don't go to college is they basically don't want to. And that means that it's because they don't pay attention um, in the in the school. Somehow school they turn that article into developed. why boys are are bad. That's I mean, it's <laughs> well, it's just like um, having been around some children of different genders. They have there are different and I've noticed different energy levels in in the genders. Not 100 percent of the time, but most of the time. And if you have an entire educational system that is built around training compliance where children and boys are made to sit in classes for hours and not allowed to move around, which is what children need to be doing. Yes, it's going to benefit the, the, the ones who are more able to control themselves and sit down. And that is, is what it is. And then you are going to have this result. It's it's a crime what we do to our children in the government schools. It's a crime. It's well, child it all goes back to communism. Yes, it does. Thank you, X. It really does, though, right? Because in the 70s and in, in the 80s, it was like the, the demoralization of the United States. And it started with people like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds funding uh, Planned Parenthood, funding feminism, funding these ideologies that were shifting the country really drastically until people became confused as to what their roles are in society. And we are creatures who live in fantasy and live in story and frame our experiences in story. And when those stories get fucked with, we start exploring new things and, and our responsibilities go off kilter and nobody knows what they're supposed to do. Amen. There's a, there's a lot in the word stories in that. I think that our traditions come through stories. Everything that I know about my family, I know because I wasn't told a fact like we learn in school about history. It's because I was told a story. And yeah. you could live in it. And we yeah. should we should be teaching history as stories. I've been talking to my grandson about that. One of his uh, uh, subjects he doesn't really like is history. And I'm like, you have to start seeing it as a story because you like stories. And it is, it is through our stories that we, we pass down not just facts, but traditions and that we create um, heroes is not the right word. I don't role models is what I'm looking forward. So I want to be like my great uncle Pete, who was a staff sergeant, World War II, served in, in the European theater in, in Italy and told me stories, not just of, of war, but like the, the bad things of war and what they the little things that they would do. Like the fact that like they only had so much soap, but you would see these people that had nothing and they wanted soap, not food, soap. Like you're pretty desperate when you're when you're asking somebody for soap, and like, you know, they would all break their bar of soap in half and give away half a bar to these people. Like I want to be like him, and without that story, if he just said, you know, in Europe we used to give away during World War II half of our bar of our soap, but actually telling me the story made me want to be like him. Yeah. And when we start taking away the stories of our own family's ancestors, but the ancestors that founded our country. And, and built our culture, and we start villainizing those people, we're robbing um, society of that. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I just feel in my gut, 
with hearing X say that and thinking this way, it might be more important to males than females to get it that way. Women have a different way that they communicate with each other. They have like, you know, I tell my wife sometimes that she's going to be one of her girlfriends. It's hen time and you need some hen time and, and they have a different <laughs> way they do things like that. And that's okay. And I think men, we, it, it, we're, we're making that transition from boy to adolescent male to man. We need that stretch to try to be more than we can be. And if we, if we look to our past and we're told that everybody b before us sucks, yep. then what are we going to strive to become? Right. Not like them, which that just means we have no direction. It's like telling yep. somebody, go to Philadelphia, here's a map, and you go, well, where am I? We don't, I don't pick a spot. Yep. Like it can be a great map. It can tell you exactly where Philadelphia is, but if you don't know where you are and how you got to where you are, how the fuck can you figure out where to go? And I just feel like that's that's a perfect description of especially like 15 to 25 right now. Like that's you don't know where you are. You don't know where you got where, how you got there. You don't know what came before you and how the hell can you possibly know where you're going? And everything you're being told about where you need to go is like deranged lunatic bullshit. Like, yeah, you have you have like I have like I'll talk to somebody and they're like, well, I'm 24 and I got my first job and they're making good money. And they're like. I don't really like it. And I'm like, well, why not? Well, I don't feel like I'm really doing anything meaningful for the world. Bitch, you need to get some experience. You need to wake up and apologize. You're lucky you're making money. Like, shut up and work. You know what? Taking care of yourself and your family is doing something meaningful in the world. But we don't believe that, yes, right? That's wait, what it wait, is. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me it. chime in here because this is yeah. something that directly I feel a lot of. I'm not doing yeah. enough in the world. I've got my family unlocked, my business unlocked. Like, I... I I started out there trying to fix the world and it was totally out of balance because my own shit was not in balance. And then once I got all that in balance, I'm like, okay, now I want to go, I, I want to make a difference. And it stems from guilt, right? And it's not white guilt. It is guilt of having when I know that there are billions of people who don't have shit and don't even have an opportunity. And if I'm succeeding or benefiting from that and they're suffering, then I'm not benefiting. I can feel them, right? So there is this desire that everybody's being born and feels like I want to contribute and make something meaningful because at the fundamental core of things, things are pretty fucking shitty right now and they don't want to be a part of that. At least that's that's my projection. So I get it. And at the same time, yes, be thankful that you have something. Be thankful that you have, like enjoy what you have because it's a fucking gift. You know, and like guys our age, like me and X, like we're like the old bull elephants, right? And they're trying to kill us off. And I don't yeah. know if you guys know the story of the elephants, but When, when they, when they poached and killed all the elephants in Africa, all of a sudden something started happening in villages and all as they started protecting them and the population started coming back up that had never happened. And these, it was mostly young male elephants, like adolescent elephants, like a teenage elephant. But a teenage mm -hmm. elephant is still like, you know, a gazillion pounds and can like smash you into the ground. And they started running around like gangs do. And going into villages and grabbing like natives and like smashing them in the ground and destroying shit. And this didn't make any sense because humans and elephants had always had, you know, interactions and conflict and an elephant's a dangerous animal and you can piss off a cow because you're too close to a calf and you can get rubbed out like a, like an ant in the ground. And that happens, but roving gangs of adolescent male elephants going into villages and killing people for fun, not typical. And as the conservation efforts started working and there started to be old bulls again, it stopped all by itself. 
And it took them time to figure out what was going on. And what happens in elephant society, and they have a society. That's why I'm a hunter. I won't hunt elephants ever. I will never take an elephant's life. Um, an animal that mourns its dead, I'm, not, I'm not killing. I'm not fucking doing that, right? I'm sorry. And um, so all of a sudden, is, what they realized is there were these, but they call them bachelor herds. And what happens is at a certain time of the year, When the females are pregnant, but they're not ready to drop their, their calves yet, so they don't really need, because a female elephant can protect itself unless she's got a calf or she's calving. So at that point, when everything was kind of done for the year for a break, the men would leave. If you weren't a little baby calf or a woman, you went off with the men. And the old bulls would kind of like knock around the young bulls when they pulled any bullshit, you know, kind of like my uncle smacking my cousin in the ear and making them let the lady through. And if they started doing stuff like the elephants, they're wise enough to understand, like, if we create conflict with humans, they'll come after us and we'll have a problem. And they started like they would kind of sort of, without being excessive, beat up the young men a little bit. And then they would bring them back to the women and they would do this over and over again. And all the behavioral problems went away. Now, if But you that's, look, that's if what happens all the time with the I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jack. No, sorry. no, I was just going to say, if you look at our society right now and the way young men are pussies, but they're also yes. violent. Right. Yes. That's that correlation. It, it should make your hair stand up a little bit on your arms to realize this is what we've done. We've emasculated. And so by emasculating right. the older men and relegating them to not being valuable anymore, old people are to be put away and ignored. And guys like me, that's just a crazy halfway old guy. Right. And, and then, like, you separate the man from his cub and, and you push him off to the side. All he is is a freaking support check. And you have this group of young males coming up through that. It's a dangerous time, 14 to 24, for a guy. His prefrontal cortex is not developed. He gets big arms. He can beat the shit out of people, but he doesn't know what he has. He doesn't know why he feels the way he feels. And he right. doesn't have the guidance of the older male to say, hey, cut that shit out. And right. then all of a sudden we have gangs roving the streets and fucking shit up and all. Like The elephants told us everything we needed to know, but we don't. Like That would be science. And, and when we invoke science, we invoke a community, not a process. If we were following science, the elephants just told us everything we need to know to put society back into a way that at least yeah. makes sense most of the time. Stop throwing the men in jail that, for addiction problems. To yeah. Right, or stupid crap or whatever. Keep fathers yeah. in the house because we're ripping yeah. houses apart under the right. guise of uh, trying to protect people Lies. from drug use, for example. Right, for example. Just, just for well, example. Well, and that has disproportionately affected the black community. I'm sorry, yeah. it has, right? It has. That's not to say that. It's factual to say that. And right. when I was a kid, if I if, if I did something, the trouble I would get into with my dad at home, if that was, let's say, a five, if I had a friend that was a black kid when I lived in Jacksonville, and he did the exact same thing, the trouble he would have gotten in trouble with at his old man when he went home is like an eight, right? Yeah. Like, it was a very strict disciplinary, hey, we don't behave that way thing. But if you take that man out of that house, that young boy doesn't get that guidance, Or the lift, or the, or the, or the, you know, like the praise. So, yeah, like, you know, men, men are not allowed to go and hang out. You got all these lunatic women who don't, you know, you're talking about hen time or mother hen time or whatever. Like when, you know, my, I feel like men need their time together too. Like, you know, you guys need to be able to go and just, you know, have a mancation or whatever it is that guys do sometimes. Because if you aren't able to have, you know, like with the when you take the older men with the younger men and let them go, just be wild, 
what do y'all do? You know, like whatever it is that guys do, that's whatever that is. It's important. Like, the, but it's not encouraged. It's not something that's valued. And, um, you can't learn everything out of a book. I'm sick and tired right now. I mean, that's my stance on this whole university thing. Back to the topic of the university piece, if that even matters anymore. I mean, I'm like, you know, words don't teach. Life experience teaches. And like what Jack's saying, you know, it's not always just a slap on the back of a head. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a fist bump. Sometimes but one makes the other work, right? That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking while you're saying that. Like my tough ass great uncle. Like when, when I, when I shot a deer in front of him that was running and he's like, what are you doing? You're not going to, and a boom, and I knocked it down and he was like, good job. Like that meant so much more to me because he wasn't afraid to criticize me. So when I got praise from those men for doing something right, it didn't matter if I got one praise for every five criticisms, right? right? It right. still mattered more because the, because I knew if Uncle Pete said I did something right, I must have fucking done it right. Like, I earned that shit. And we're robbing young men of that by two ways. One, taking the men away, but two, telling the men you can't be tough on them. Right. So you realize that there is a concerted, intelligent effort to destroy families. Oh, absolutely. To destroy the bonds, to destroy tribes, to destroy cohorts, to isolate the individual. That's what all is going on in Dehumanization. Yeah. That's what all this is. It's turning people into cattle. Into, yeah. And not even just cattle, but into robots. Robots come into the workforce, and then all of a sudden, that's why they're getting rid of gender, because it's dehumanization, because they're going to have to insure robots, figure out employment for robots, and that's a whole new class of beings now. Male, you got, female, You got to honor my gender choices, okay? So, like, yeah. yeah I'm going no. to attack helicopter. My point here is that they've got no, like, there's no dignity for the human species yeah. any longer like and it's actively being attacked and destroyed and unless we have these conversations more at a societal level we will yeah. lose it and we will become little more than biological entities at that point which well, is a and, fucked I, up and they've they've framed this discussion in such a way like that it's hard to have this discussion without people typecasting you as having a very extreme opinion about gender right. roles when you know, I think everybody on this on this conversation is coming from it. Your relationship is a balance and men are better at some things and women are better at some things. And it's not about if you are this gender, you do X, Y and Z. It's that we play to the strengths in a relationship. However, that looks, you know, yep. I, I like to I'm, say I'm, a, I'm the kind of feminist that existed before the current feminist came to be where I oh, think if a woman yeah. puts her mind to something, she can do it. And. Yep. Nobody should that get in the never fucking way of that. And if they do, I'm going to push you out, right? But Mutual at respect. the same time, I also acknowledge <sighs> on my homestead, the people who lift the heaviest things are not female. <laughs> okay. I had a 150-pound bag of coffee delivered into my shed today by a male. And it was, I, I can do it, but let me tell you, he can do it easier. Yeah. And I am not a domestic goddess. And the roles were flipped in my family for a period of time where things went bad for me. And my wife was carrying a lot of the financial weight. And that was a fucked up time for both of us. None of us enjoyed it. Right. And then when things flipped back, it's like we're breathing again. And it's like what. So it's like I know what it's like to be on both sides of that discussion. And I find that, you know, miraculously, remarkably, you know, the biological system kind of fucking works. 
A little bit, you know, and the best part about it is that when you honor it, then it works even better. But I mean, yep. like even even in the Wild West, you know, do you think that women didn't know how to sling a gun? Who do you think had the back of a man? When when they were out there and it's just one couple in a wagon with their kids and everybody, who has their back? You know, do you think everybody didn't know how to do things? That doesn't mean that it just doesn't like like Nicole just said, like I'm over here moving dead bodies all day long. Yes, they're livestock meat. Yes. <laughs> Let's qualify that but statement. I didn't know you were an undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am lifting dead bodies. We're going through 10,000 pounds of dead bodies here all the time. I mean, I'm lift, I'm working out all day long with these with this meat. Um, if I have a gentleman who's going to come and move a cooler for me, I'm going to let him. Because by God, he can do it with two fingers while it takes me like my whole entire body to do it. But I I mean, I'll do it, but that is not what feminine, what the whole movement was about, ladies. If you're out there listening, let me just explain to you what actually happened. So in the 80s in North Carolina, my mom, a single mother, was, um, you know, being beaten to death by my deadbeat dad. OK, and when we got rid of him, then he was too freaking stupid to sell the house and leave us out on the street. Thank God, because he was an idiot. But my mom couldn't if he would have done that. She wouldn't have been able to purchase another home as none of my friends whose parents were divorced moms could own a home because women could not own real estate in North Carolina in the 80s. Did you know that? Did you know? It's true. My mother couldn't have owned owned real estate in in North Carolina in the 80s. What? It's kind of crazy. I didn't know that. I I knew I know that during the like in the sixties, a woman couldn't get a credit card. Married women or women? Women couldn't. None of none of the um, after divorce, everybody was in an apartment. My mom was the only one in a house, and that was because my dad was a ding dong head. And thank God, the house was still in his name and everything. And during that, during the eighties, she was finally able to own real estate. But when she sold that house. The only reason she had the power to sell it is because she was married to my dad and they, you know, like her name wasn't on the deed. Yeah. So I know in Tennessee, women could own real estate, but if it was, if you were married, your name ended up not on the deed. Well, your husband's name was on the deed and it took, it took some pushing. And that was definitely in the eighties here too, where Mm -hmm. if you were married, it was in your husband's name, period, end of story. Right. Well, she didn't have she couldn't have owned real estate. And then, and then and also the so, credit history. And this was true in my mom's time because my mom and dad divorced. Uh, when my mom came out of that divorce, she had zero credit history in her 30s, which yeah. is like Same a death mom. sentence yeah. to getting anything done. Wait, what? Um, Say that again? No credit history. So all um, the credit cards they had together or whatever and the houses they bought all yes. went on his credit history. And she had nothing and had to build from right. zero. Oh, she was, so let's yeah. just chalk up all this gender confusion to like a good lesson learned to make everybody realize, oh, this is why things are the way they are. And that's yeah. what I'm holding for it. Like it's going to take a generation or two, but people are going to be like, yeah, we tried that shit and it didn't work. Back to back to business. That's what I'm hoping for. Right. Someone mm-hmm. made a comment earlier saying that there's no positive vision for humanity in the future right now. And culturally, economically, globally, there really isn't. There's no inspiring vision of the future. And right now, everybody's like, it's the fucking apocalypse. And frankly, it looks like that until we lay out what a positive vision looks like. 
Yes. But we, you know, as we say, we should go back to some things. We should also learn from the things that didn't work. Like right. one yeah. of the reasons that us men are getting screwed over today in divorces and child custody and all is because of how fucked women were back in like the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. Yeah. Like literally like as the man I control in a marriage in 1965, I controlled everything. And if my wife was like, I want to get a divorce, I'm like, you will have fucking nothing when you leave. And I was right, not right as in correct, um, as in being like morally right. Morally right. I mean, I was right as in technically right. When I yeah. said that, and I could control my wife that way, like, I'll go cheat on you. You can't do shit because you'll have nothing, and I'll have everything. Okay, right? well, this, this, this that's is how we ended up in this position. But, but, but this is the scumbag guy. The majority of men were not like that. Well, so, it, no, yeah, yeah. So the majority uh, of men, well, okay, go listen. Ahead, you let X talk on this. Just, just one, one thing. Can I just say one thing, X? Okay, yeah. just one point. I will say, I'm, I'm not going to say that there weren't, people taking advantage of that. But what I will say is that um, most women's lib or the, the movement started not because women hated men. It started because if my husband dies, I have nothing. And, you know, the same thing happens for the husband. To, he knows that if I die, my wife has to have her brother or her father or somebody come in and step like some family member has to stand for her. Otherwise it's not going to work. And that yes. was the reason that was the reason for the movement. And that, and there were men on board with that. It wasn't a man. bashing like, No, no, no. But so anytime power corrupts, absolutely. Whatever the phrase is, there was, it was, there was a period of time where men were in charge of everything. And like Jack was saying, it's like, it, you try to fuck with me. I'll own you and everything that you have. Right. And so women were literally in a subservient economical lower class. And when when that happens, sometimes people start feeling themselves a little too much and they start running with it. And then they, next thing you know, they're really treating people poorly. So at the baseline of how everybody was dealing with life at that time and their roles in society, I mean, it like it, like if, if you want to knock the white man for anything, it's literally for thinking that they are the most superior creature on the planet to the point where they will mistreat anybody who is not also a white man. Not only that, but they will also mistreat other white men that they perceive to be less than them. And it's yes. that that has fundamentally shifted. And that is a big reason why women were like, yo, fuck this noise. We don't. And then, and then there were people there that would take that legitimate concern, just like just like uh, Black Lives Matter, there's a legitimate concern there that police are taking young black men and putting them in prison industrial complex for absolutely yeah. jack shit. Right. And then there's a legitimate thing there. And then that flame is fueled with like, oh, we've got a solution, right? We've got the, the Hegelian dialectic or whatever. That here's, the, here's the solution. And it's to fuck over those who were, were oppressing you. And so now it's like, whoa, it's way out of whack. And yes. We, we, As opposed so, to just fixing the problem. Correct. Right. I don't know. They, they stop yeah. throwing people in jail. Yeah, stop yeah. putting people in jail for stupid shit. Like, it's just dumb. Yeah. But the only thing I would disagree with the excellent stuff that uh, X just said is this system set up so that the man had superiority was true in almost every culture. And yeah. it's still yeah. true in many cultures today around the world where the man is not white. I don't know Correct. if it's a white man thing. It's a male thing that, like, because we yeah. had the physical capacity to create a system that favored us, we did so. That's the real patriarchy, right? And, right. like, if you want to talk about a chauvinistic society, look at, you know, look at yeah. China. 
Look at, Look at China. India. Oh, India, Look at definitely, India. right? I won't India speak on that. I'm going to tell you yeah. what. Like, I just, I just went there after, you know, like, my husband and I went back after 25 years, a few years ago with the kids. And um, it was it was really disappointing how absolutely crass and disrespectful the men are to the women. We were at a at a five-star hotel um, on New Year's Eve waiting for our flight. Like, we were flying out that night. And so we were trying to come home and I'm in the lobby with my kids. Me and my mom are in the lobby with, with the kids. My kids are sleeping because it's like midnight. You know, all those international flights are all stupid. Like, and, and, and so anyway, um, there's a whole bunch of drinking going on because it's New Year's Eve in the um, hotel. There's a bunch of folks like walking through from parties coming in and out and whatever. And we're just trying to get on the bus to go to the airport. Anyway, these, like total like a-hole guys are like they block me in between the the there's the two doors to go outside you know like they have that lobby door with the exterior door or whatever i'm in there trying to tell my husband something because the kids are over here and i'm trying to go back and forth between getting things on the bus and going back and these guys like block me in that little court corridor or whatever and I'm like, excuse me, like, you know, I get it. Y'all are partying because it's New Year's. Happy New Year. Um, I need to get these suitcases out. You know, like, that's what I'm trying to do. Some dude put his hands on me. And I was, like, about to kickbox him. Well, all his homeboys were backing him up. That would not happen here. If a dude put his hands on me here, his homeboys. 90% like, of the time, it would not happen. Yeah, There's not, places where it would. Right, but 90% of the time, yeah, 90% of the time, most of the other dudes would be like, yo, brother, what you doing? She's like, you know, calm down. Yeah, respect the woman. Yeah. Yeah, they would have said something. Not in India. Not in India. Right. I'm confused. This, then that must mean that India is run by white males? No. Yeah, so I, I made a mistake. <laughs> How about that? It's run by it's 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 run it's run by uh, all the uh, slave slaves of the uh, British India Company, who um, those are the ones who are who are the elders right now, or the old slaves of the British India Company, which were our parents, right? So they don't know the head slaves, the head slaves, right? Yeah, right, yeah. That's (laughs) right. That's right. And I mean, like you know, people over here think. That we don't know what slavery is. Your mama and daddy were not slaves. Mine, mine were. And, and they're still over there. Like they're super, super disciplined. I mean, they're super compliant. That Indians and Chinese people aren't the most brilliant people in the world. They're the most compliant people. They're very oh, well trained. Some, some very smart motherfuckers, <laughs> both countries, but yeah. Overall, yeah, there is more compliance because it's cultural, right? I mean, yeah. the Japanese culture was very, uh, male hierarchy. Uh, most African cultures were very male hierarchy. Um, I can't think of a culture that wasn't. Like, yeah. I, I, the, the closest you would get would be like Greek and Roman. Even the Greek. I'm not saying they were perfect, but they were closer to what you would want. I mean, Roman, Roman and Greek society, women had a lot of uh, recognition. They could own land. Yeah, they could yeah. Own businesses. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, women still not own. I don't think women can still really own businesses without a man in India. As far as I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think so. 
I, I think you are. I think hmm. that women can own a business there. Just because I have a lot of really empowered Indian people. Well, if a, if, a, if a man thinks he's a woman in India and he's trans, is it really a woman or a man owning the business in India? <laughs> I, I think they, might act, they, they will actually get murdered over there. Like, there's no political oh. correctness over there. There yeah, is no same in China. So, so you're they, saying they we should take all of the social justice in. warrior avocado toast eating, um, $10 coffee drinking, uh, uh, chippies uh, in America and send them to India to fix a real problem? Is that what you're saying? Because I was thinking Saudi Arabia was the place to send them for that shit. Like, oh, where they boy. take gay people and throw them off buildings? I thought that was an actual problem, you know? I mean, in China, India, they, they still throw women... They, in India, they still throw women into the middle of the street who've, you know, been raped because they're, they're filth now. They're like, you know, they're thrown in the middle of the street. So, no. And somebody yeah, just said, not. someone just said that women can no. own businesses over there. Are you sure? I know women run businesses over there, but are they in their names or are they in the names of their daddies or their brothers? I just want to know because I, I can talk to my cousin because, but when my cousin's sister had her business there, it was, it, it was with, I, I'm pretty confident it was in her dad's name. I mean, legally, like legally, it was a family business that she ran, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure right now. I'm thinking it, have, it might have more to do with caste systems than sex. Yeah. That's well, you're right. The caste system is also a piece of it, but I don't care what mm. caste you're at. If you're raped and whatever, unless, yeah, you're in the middle of the street probably somewhere. The, the, the Internet says that women can own a business in India, and only 14% of women, though, do so, whatever that means. Hmm. hmm. Okay, and I wonder since when. I would be wanting to know, like, since when. (laughs) And that's DuckDuckGo, not Google, so it might be right. DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGoose is what it should be. Yeah, (laughs) it should be. We need a new verb for Googling something because we're not using Google anymore. We kind of flipped out on this. Are we going to talk about underground networking? Uh, Absolutely. I just, you guys are going down this path, and I thought, well, that was interesting. It has nothing to do with men in college, but... It's people are I mean, really not, talked it's about like how, how, how we don't care about college. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the funny thing is there's a college near me where when I become a certain age, I can go to classes for free. And I'm probably going to take advantage of that because there are classes I want to take. Yeah. Like, how old do you have to be? There's old as me. What the hell? Like, you, you don't qualify yet? What do you got to no, be like? I don't. We're, I'm not. I got 15 more years. What? <laughs> Or so. Yeah. How do you want to learn and finally, I take the free classes, and I oh, hopefully there'll be some good classes left by then. I don't I, think there's any good teachers hardly anymore. It's very difficult oh, to I'm, find. You know, I meet I meet good teachers, so that's I think they're there. They're there, but um, you know, college. If you're going to go into it, you need to know what you're getting out of it. That's for. I sure. think about taking a few courses once in a while just so I can be a pain in the ass there. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I think that's wrong. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you're going to Okay, let's get into underground networking. This, the idea for this, it's something I've been playing with as I'm taking. So we all have communities, right? Like Jack has a community. Neethi has a community. Hawk has a community. I have a community. Unloose the Goose has a community. And we all end up in kind of our little pods. And what's what's been really fun to watch, especially, you know, with like freedom cells and all these other things that come up is the cross pollinization of, of these communities. And what, what 
it's what I, the reason I thought of this topic is there's an underground community that's sort of bubbling where, you know, there's the public facing thing and then there's the underground trade that's starting to happen and mutual support and those sorts of things. So when you hear the word underground community, what, how would you define that? What do you think of? And we'll start with Xavier since, since he looks like he might be frozen. So, well, Quite literally, I think about the people who survived the last stage underground. But in today's contemporary society, uh, underground communities started at the end of the 1900s, um, you know, basically in response to the, the beast that is society, that is a governmented society and civilization. Like we have the prime, prime narrative, which everybody's supposed to follow, which has now completely been, uh, you know, laying bare as a huge lie and everybody started to wake up. So now what our underground communities have been are starting to become the house and seed the pod for what will become the next uh, baseline for civilization. Okay. Love how you worked baseline in there. Baseline everywhere. Space, 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 baseline. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, underground network, underground community. I think an underground network is basically any group or interaction, any network of people that are uh, working together that can't be seen from the surface, right? So that, like, you could do a little bit of analysis, get in some social media places and figure out, like, within Jack Spirico or Nicole Sauces or X's or Neethi's networks, like, these are people that are in there. And then you could maybe see some things that are going on. But the vast majority of what's going on is a lot like, you know, one of my favorite critters, the ant. You know, you've got the ant hill, and most of the stuff's actually happening in the tunnels below. And so even though, like, I don't think it would be a big leap for anybody out there that's watched what's gone on with, with, with me over the years to say, well, Jack and Nicole are part of a network that, that, that is meshed together. But they don't know what the hell Jack and Nicole are really doing, right? Like, like we we might have some kind of a, a deal going on between each other, or we might actually more typically be like, I know somebody and she knows somebody, and her somebody needs something, and my somebody has something, and it really doesn't benefit us directly. And we just kind of go, you two people do this thing, and then like it never happened, or maybe it, it's up to them to disclose that, and like that ability to hand each other off and hand people off and make connections. To me, that's your underground network, like. We're all influencers here. And then we have, within our networks, we have influencers. And some of those influencers are influencers in the same vein we are. They're on the Internet. They have shows. They have platforms or whatever. But a lot of us also have influencers that you will never see, that you will mm -hmm. never know. You, you just like They're the buddy shoemaker from my childhood, the guy that made homemade wine in my little town. Like He could get anything done. And today... Maybe it's me that connects him to somebody that's not part of that small town, right? And and so I can make things happen by connecting people together. But who really makes it happen is the person you don't see, the quiet. And what we're doing in a way, in a, in a much more beneficial to humanity way, is we're emulating the like the banking system and the oligarchs, right? Because you think like because you know who the chairman of the Fed is or whatever, you think you know is in control. The people that actually control all that shit, you'll never see them. You never know who they are. They're worth billions of dollars. You don't know their names. If they walked next to you down the street, you wouldn't know who they were, right? And and we're kind of doing the same thing into where we can we can connect people. Maybe we're the 
like the figureheads. And then we have all of these other people that actually do the things and what things you don't get to know because it's underground and you're above ground. So screw. Like, I think that's a big part of this. Nisi, what are your thoughts on the topic? I like what everybody said. I feel like you guys have said a lot of it already. Um, I really do um, agree with what Jack's saying in the sense of, you know, um, we, you never know what influencers that we're actually, we're, you don't really know who I'm working with. Um, and it seems like everything I'm doing is only uh, working with like maybe farmers when actually that's really not true. So, you know, there's a lot of other parts and pieces that are going on in the background. Um, you know, when you're building an alternate universe, like we are, like I am anyway, I think do, yeah, I think do, do underground <laughs> networks work if they're only digital relationships? No, I just met with an underground digital network in real life, IRL, and it's all based around liberty and standing up and actually taking uh, legal correct action, like looking into mm-hmm. the school board, looking into the local, like actually putting people together and saying, here are some tasks that we can do to clean up our local community, our local representation. And that that was super inspiring for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't enjoy just these superficial type. I mean, I guess it's not really superficial. It, it feels superficial until you meet them in real life. I, I like to do those kind of things in real life. I make an effort. Like I really want to come yeah. down to Texas, Jack, but like I can't come right now. So, so. yeah, Nicole, Nicole often says as Jack too, like it's one thing to listen to us, to interact with us on Telegram or in our chat rooms, but it's another thing to actually have FaceTime because that it builds like bonds. Like I have regular calls with people in my community on, on zoom, you know, just to connect and like be real people, listen to their stories and stuff, but to actually go to an event together and, and bond in that way, creates something that lasts forever. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, my community, I see them every week. People are coming here every single week. So I, um, yeah. in fact, I only started doing more online stuff after COVID. I never even thought about Zoom, I mean, or whatever, until after that. And so, which I which I appreciate. It's nice to talk to people around the world. Um, but I I value my local peeps, man, or or not just local. I I'll go out of my way to go places. I think one leverage is the other, though, right? So, like, you could have this person that's doing wonderful things in real life, like Neethi, and maybe she can't come be with us, right, because she's far away or she's got so much going on. But if we're able to gather, like, she has a problem, and then I don't know the answer, but somebody within my network, either virtual or real life, can give me the answer, and then they don't really know Neethi, but I pass that information on to Neethi, and then Neethi Mm -hmm. can use that, and then that benefits her entire like pod, right? Her, her, her little squad that she's got going on over there. And then, like she said, it's not just farmers. Well, if you're dealing with farmers, you're dealing with customers. Well, customers could be like a doctor that realizes, like, I want my family to be healthy. So now there's a doctor in your network, right? Or you have a right. lawyer that's tired of the bullshit. He wants to feed his family, family healthy food. And now you got a doctor and a lawyer in your network, right? And like that just keeps building because for every farmer, there's a dozen or so people buying that one farmer's products. And all of those people do a thing. And they all have a skill and they all have a knowledge. They have a skill set. Well, they also all have another network of their own. 
Doctors know doctors. Doctors know nurses. Doctors know real estate people because they need office space. Doctors know lawyers because they need lawyers. And then each one of those, it's a lot like uh, John John's you know freedom cells, except they're not intentionally organized. They're organized by happenstance. If you are a doctor that runs a practice with five other doctors and you employ 20 nurses, that's a pretty good-sized group of people right there. Well, you also need supplies, you need real estate, you need legal advice, you need insurance. You, you see what I mean? Like, And this all completely magnifies each other uh, on top of it. And then having people that understand the power of that, because a lot of times people are in a huge network, they don't even know it. They don't even realize the power of what they have. It's like a person, and, and somebody's going to be dangerous because like a person having a gun and not understanding it's a gun. Like you need to know what to do with the power that you have. And I think that a lot of time influencers, what we do, maybe we're not as ingrained in IRL, right, and, and doing it because we're filling a different purpose. You know, we we are the like a hub in the network, and we have all these little networks around us. And then, like, so I'm doing that, Nicole's doing that, and then there's like a VPN between Nicole and I. And then there's like a cross-pollination, but there's also parts that will never come together. And then they all benefit and they all grow. That that's that's how kind of I see that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have that that's I, been the strength the of Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, I was just saying that, yeah, I mean, God, what would we do without our underground network that we have? Um I I don't know, man. It's it's been everything for me. Like everything. And like, like what Jack was saying, you know, like that is how I'm growing. You know, I have a holistic physician who joins and she brings her 10 physician friends who bring their entire practices and, you know, so on and so forth. And that's just one. I mean, what about like my mechanic who brings all his clients who get their car fixed? You know, <laughs> or well, and the way I see the underground network unfolding is, mm-hmm. is that we all kind of had one before crisis or time hit where <laughs> yeah. everything's a crisis right now, even when it's not a crisis. And, and there have been some really draconian things that have happened in, in the U S society all over the world as well. And it has led to the need to tap into real trusting relationships Yes. To be able to do things that used to be easy that we could do in everyday life that some of us cannot do anymore without the real mm-hmm. relationships. And, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk to that about today because, um, what I see as important and, and I, I wish John Bush was on today because of his whole freedom cell thing. But what I see as important is that we continue to foster the underground underground networks that are getting stronger and stronger and stronger because they're needed, right? It, it's, it's, have you noticed, have you noticed that social circles used to be around having fun or like just meaningless like kind of soci- socializing? Now yeah. it's like there almost isn't room for that. All these social circles and underground networks are like objective based. I want to learn or I am, you know, with wilderness skills people or I am prepping skills people like those are networks now. It's like these networks are purpose driven rather than like frivolity driven. And I think that's because psychically everybody's becoming aware like, oh, shit, the the social contract and all of these things that we've sort of skated by thinking are just, you know, we take for granted now are going away and we start having to start figuring out these things 
really rapidly, right? Yeah. And by the way, I'm busting somebody's chops in comments for asking if we are libertarian. That's me busting your chops, just for the record. It's not out <laughs> of defensiveness. It's out of love because that filter right now matters not to me. I not care not where you are you politically. See, you see this right here, and even Chris? to be in the underground network I work with, if you are a liberal and in my underground network, that means you support my decision, my right to choose mm-hmm. what I put in my body, among That's other right. things. If I'm going to expose myself to risk by going barefaced out in the public, if you support my right to make that choice, whether or not you agree with that, we're good. We've got we've got a core understanding of where your opinion stops in regards to where it comes into my life. I don't like to label. I'm done with that. I've seen too many relationships end this year, like marriages that were 15 years long ending over where are you politically so you know that's why i'm busting your yep. shops right now but well, you, you know um, what's interesting that about have that space in the underground network we've got to be we've got to have a shared value system rather yep. than worry about what we call ourselves in the day-to-day bullshit that's going on in the news uh we did not participate well, check, in out, check out solarpunk solarpunk or dot com and i had a great conversation with her yesterday and it's about we put aside all of our political differences when we start building something together. When we're sitting here focusing on what's wrong, that's where people get into fights. Right. But if we get creative and build together, all that shit goes away. And, yep. and I've noticed I haven't rejected any of my liberal friends. I've been rejected by my liberal friends and I'm not even a conservative or, you know, a righty <laughs> or whatever. So it's, it's interesting. Like in, in the relationships, uh, Nicole, the ones that have been destroyed because of politics, is it usually the liberal leaving the, 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 the conservative? Um, something like that. Like I've heard divorces over one party not getting the stick and the other party mm-hmm. thinks their spouse should get the stick and, and they have the stick and the spouse doesn't want to get the stick and it has broken up the marriage. Like that's <sighs> ridiculous. That's- it's, it's, it's like yeah. really what was your That's marriage really based sad. on? Like, I mean, like that is you can't so you can't let your spouse have like decision making autonomy over their own body. That's a doomed marriage that was that was just the right. There was you know, you know, all, it, all sorts of, it's funny cuz I'm not getting it at this time. I'm not completely close to the idea although I become more close to it the more I learn about it, but I just wanted to give it time to see how it would all turn out, right? And then like Almost everybody in my family has it. And you know how much that matters in our day-to-day relationships with each other? Absolutely. Fuck all. Goose egg. Don't care. I'm glad nobody had negative side effects. That's all I am. Because I was worried about the negative side effects. But goose egg. And it shouldn't. You know, it it couldn't have mattered all this big, long time. And it can't matter going forward. I mean, you know, I think that a lot of people think that, um, you know, what we're saying, or I mean, I know, like, I'll just speak for myself. Like, if I'm saying something about my opinion about whatever this is, that that means that you're supposed to agree with me. I'm, I'm not seeking your agreement. What I am seeking is for you to stay out of my way. If I'm doing something, then just I have to be able to do it. And you just do whatever you want to do, because I'm not going to stop you or judge you or care about you. I should have been wearing my shirt. That says, I don't care. I don't care. Because I don't care. I cannot care about you more than you care about yourself. I can only care about myself. 
and that is all. But the moment that you try to come between me and my body, you're out of your mind. But let's go back to Underground Network. So part of why I wanted to talk about this is people want to know, okay, I hear about these Underground Networks. They sound kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm in one right now. Like I know, because this is what went down in Tennessee. We had we had one town in particular just get hosed by flooding. In seven minutes, water went from kind of heavy in the street to all the way up to roofs of houses. Okay, mm-hmm. people died, and um, somebody in our network had their house knocked off its foundation. Ugh. And wow. it was it's a double wide, so it's something that can be put back on the foundation without a lot of trouble. But you need oh, jacks that yeah. can that can lift like 30,000 pounds, right? And so they reached out to me and said, you know, after I talked to them, they said, you know, we do, if people are willing to come out and help, will they come out and help? And I was like, well, let's see who will come help. And they said, what we really need are jacks. And so then I contacted a few people directly and said, do you have a house jack? And the ones, one of them did, one of them didn't, but knew somebody. And by the end of it all, within about three days, that person had more jacks than they could possibly needed need. I think about 10 people showed up and they jacked up that house and rebuilt the foundation and then spent the rest of the day gutting it so it wouldn't mold. That's the underground network to me. That's, you know, you can get anything you need. There's enough trust there that you're willing to loan your expensive house jack to somebody to go do it. And people are willing to put real time in to provide actual help to the person who needs somebody, not just you know, throw some money at the frickin' Red Cross and hope it eventually some of it makes to wherever it needs to go, right? That, yeah. that to me, is the power of the underground network. And the more of that we build, the better yeah. and more stable everybody is. So how do people get from where they are now, where they might be feeling like the marketing campaign is working, people feel isolated. How do we go from that to I have a network I'm pretty sure I can tap into and we can all help each other? Yep. Yeah, like put up or shut up and like, you know, be real. We're looking for real people. That's what I'm always looking for anyway. Well, I don't know. What Nicole's saying is a little different than that. She's saying more there's people that are looking for this. Oh. And, like and they're willing to put right up, but, but they don't know a person, right? They don't know anybody. And I, I think like part of that is got to start with where mm. you are and grow where you're planted, right? Like I – I have a network of people that don't give two shits about the survival podcast. Like they don't even, they're like people listen to you on the internet. Like (laughs) they don't even understand. Like you make a living, you make a living podcasting. And they're like, I'm like, you listen to podcasts. I'm like, yeah, not yours. And then they're like, but, yeah, but not your- like all the podcasts I listen to, the people that do them don't make money doing it. They're like, this is a sports podcast, two guys talking about, you know, Texas Tech or something. And they're like, they don't even understand, like, you could actually, like, make a living. And then, like, you're also like, you mean like Joe Rogan? Like, not like <laughs> Joe Rogan, because I wouldn't live here if it was like Joe Rogan. And you wouldn't know me. I'd be on the island of Jackistan, right? Like, but, yeah, like, like, they don't even understand. So, like, I have a network like that that has nothing to do with, because people say, well, of course, Jack or Nicole has a network. But in some ways, we have incredibly valuable networks that are just, this guy lives next door to me, and when he needed something, I helped him. And, and that's, like, what I grew up with in the small town I grew up with in Pennsylvania. And the guy, the guy I just mentioned, Buddy Shoemaker, the guy that made homemade wine, 
This guy could make a phone call. You need something? You, I remember one time I needed a part for a car, and I couldn't find one that I could afford. He's like, you worked for Muskrat Personal, didn't you? And I'm like, well, yeah, I did for a while. He goes, he should remember you worked for him. You're a good boy. Let me make a phone call. He's like, <laughs> I got you one for 30 bucks. And I'm like, that bastard said it was 75, and I don't have 75. I got 30. You know, and, and like, he's like, he'll do what I tell him. What? You know, like he was yeah. a mafia boss or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't through coercion. It was just like, well, a freaking, a freaking buddy asked, then I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. And like, that's, that's how these good old boy networks, the best ones really work is like, you know, this is a guy that like made, made eight bottles of wine for my daughter's wedding. If he asks me something, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I think that we need to understand that we all have these unique skills and attributes. And then you got to value people in your network for the strengths they have. Like, because somebody that can show up and jack up a trailer has one attribute and that's valuable. And the fact that they'll do it and they'll take their time to do it. But you might have somebody else that like, they can get you like a Nicole that can get you like more people than you need to do it with jacks in hand by making a phone call or sending an email. But I won't do that for everybody. You what you won't do exactly. You won't do it. Of course not. There's an investment required. So what we're saying, guys, is that our networks didn't happen in one second. I mean, we have been investing a lot of time and um, energy and love in people around us, which is how we've established these relationships. Um, You know, there's there's an investment required, Um, and. I mean, I don't know, like, Nicole, we were just, we were just in Tennessee together, taking a class together. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, we, we went through a lot in those three days. <laughs> Four days. Actually, we ended up spending a week together. Yeah, when are we going to take that class again? <laughs> I know, we need to take it again. So, I mean, but, but like, you know, you could just, we didn't just take this class together. We like rented a place together. We slept in the same place for a couple of nights together. We hung out, you know, and then, um, and then we went from there and we, we actually ended up going to rogue food conference after that. But so we got to inevitably spend an entire week together. We got to really know each other a lot, you know, I think. And we've had, I'm just saying like all of these relationships that we have in our, in our networks, we're well, and this is off. this is a point here that Tactical Redneck Equipment has said you're probably in one and you haven't realized it yet. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. That the way you get involved in an underground network is you start participating in networks as yourself and with a mindset of what can I bring to the table, not what can I take from the network. And if you do that and you are able to develop real strong relationships, you don't know what you don't know unless you ask. And, and, and when something comes up and you need to ask, then that's when you find out if your network has the thing, you know, can make a house jack come out, right? But at the same time, if you don't invest the time in developing trusting relationships, you never get to that network part. And I think, you know, I, Jack said it depends if it needs to be digital or in person. I think digital is a great way. It's for me, it's like top of the funnel. But when right. we get the in-person relationships, that's where I see you. We look in each other's eyes. We probably have some trust developed online already. 
And then we're able, I'm able to say, okay, I'm willing to take the risk to recommend your event or to, to help you find that house, Jack, because I know you're actually going to be there at nine o'clock on Saturday when you say you are, and you're not going to steal it or all of those other things. That's how I get there. But if Jack had called me and said, I've got somebody who needs a house, Jack in Tennessee and they're good people. Would you help them out? Because I know Jack done, done. Doesn't and matter. Vice versa. So it's, I don't need to know the person per se, but there has to be for me a real connection or we're never getting anywhere because I'm not just, if somebody just emails me and says, Hey, Nicole, you got that house, Jack, and I've never met you before. Eh. Here, here's how yeah. you Especially build your local. If you call local. me hun in that email, don't call me hun. Don't like it. If you, if you want to build a local network, email the 40 people you know the best that are near you and say, two weeks from now, I'm moving and I really, really need help. I mean, I am in a bad way and I need somebody to come help me move. And then have people basically say they'll come. And whatever number of people say they'll come, go to the store and buy at least that number of the best fucking ribeye steaks you can get your hands on and a fucking lobster tail to go with them and some really badass drinks and beer and shit like that. And when they show up, say, we're not really moving. And I've prepared this all for you and we're going to just all sit around and talk. And if it's four people or six people and you send out 40, those are the four or six people that if you call them in the middle of the night and say, I'm stuck in fucking jail, I need somebody to get me out, those are the ones that are going to come do it. And then yeah. use that as your core and build your network off that. And people think, like, oh, that's funny and you know quirky and all, and everybody knows the people who help you. I'm not fucking kidding. No. I guarantee you, anybody out there, if you did that, the next day – you know the people that can count on you and you know the people that better that you can count on you and you know the people that better be able to count on you and you make that core mm-hmm. you know and then I think about right. people like that, that spent their whole life doing it without doing it in, with intention like buddy shoemaker like my grandfather if they had done that they would have went poor right because they would have like I need a fucking cow right like and I need a I need a lobster boat to fill this this idea because everybody would have showed up but if you want to know ask them to come help you move in two weeks and the ones that show up take good care of them and build from there or like somebody posted Nicole brought up the comment about um, you know do canning classes or whatever and see who shows up and I think that's a great way to build community and then yeah. communities build networks like do things set up things that have a commonality of things you have interest in. Yeah. I always taught with sales, lead with the relationship, right? Like, so don't worry about whether or not this person will buy your heart, your computer hardware or whatever, like lead with the relationship. Can you get along with them? So like, yeah. if you set up like canning classes, gardening classes, anything like that, the common ideals that we all kind of already move around and you put it out on next door and Facebook local and whatever, and then you find a venue, whether it's your house or someplace that you can do this, like a publicly available venue. The people that come there, you know you have something in common, right? And then don't try to make it happen. Just see what happens. Let it happen. Let it happen. Like yeah. I was, I was talking to Cole th- th- this week and last week as we're get- I'm getting ready for my fall workshop and going, there's so much shit that happens at my workshop. I was like, when the fuck do we do this? Tell your story in five minutes. Because I'm trying to make the schedule. And I'm going through all my past schedules, and I'm like, I know we do this shit. We we do this shit like every year for like I don't know how many years now. It's never been on my schedule. It's like her and fucking David and other people just do it, and they make it happen. And it's like by setting up the thing, 
And then understanding, like, there's certain things I need to do. Like, I'm taking people's money. I need to feed them. I need to take care of them. I need to not be the enforcer of the rules, just the source of the rules. And then give people freedom to, like, do things. And, like, the shit that's come out of these workshops that I do and Nicole does, are it's insane. But if we tried to control every aspect of it, Nicole, it wouldn't happen. No, it wouldn't happen. And, you know, where you put it on your schedule is probably not where it's really going to happen. So No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so just don't put it. Right. I'm kidding myself, right? I'm kidding myself. Like, I don't need to worry about and that. Jack, you were stepped out. Well, and I think the I other thing is a- go to things. So Xavier brought up the Solar Punk um, Festival. Jack's got his workshop coming up. And, and people hear about these opportunities and they're no. introverts and they're like, I don't want to be around people. And I'm like, you know what? I'm an introvert. I'm willing to be a loudmouth introvert on a freaking podcast called Unloose the Goose. I go to events. Do I have a good time at events, Jack? Yeah, yeah, I have a, a little great bit. Time. I talk to lots of people. <laughs> it has nothing to do. You being an introvert is you telling yourself a story about why you can't do something. Put that shit away. Yeah. Put on your big girl panties or your big boy boxers and go to the thing and make it your goal to talk to five people while you're there. And all of a sudden, you're going to find there's a whole bunch of people who also think they're introverts and can't go to events, first of all. Also feel awkward in social situations. And none of that fucking matters because you've now just gotten five more people in your network who you trust. Or maybe four of them. Maybe you don't like one of them. Whatever. But going, making the time to go to these things or to host things is key to establishing the trust that you need. And Nicole, do you see this where you have, we have these things and we have this common idealism and somebody comes in, they're like, I'm an introvert. And as soon as they walk in, they're like, holy fuck, this is awesome. And they start talking to everybody. Yeah. Because you're not, most people, like there are people that are just like, ridiculously shy or whatever. Most people that call themselves introverts, what they really mean is the shit I want to talk about, nobody's motherfuckers around me want to talk about it, right? It's the meme with the guy sitting all sad on the swing, the kid's swing, and he's like me at a party when no one wants to talk about guns. That's what they <laughs> really mean, right? Like, But when you get to a place where like everybody's fucking normal, like, we think that society's normal. Society's fucking sick. Yeah. Right? Society is diseased. It's mentally and physically sick. You want to see how sick society it is? You don't have to go to some kind of demented theater. Go to Walmart on the 1st or the 15th or the payday following it. And look, and I don't mean judge people on, like, who they are. Look at them physically. Look at how they physically look, and you're like, oh, these people are sick. And you look at, like, people that, like, can barely move buying Twinkies. And, like, they look, they're not, okay, it'd be one thing if you're fat and happy and eating a Twinkie. But when you're fat and miserable eating a Twinkie, like, So society is not normal. And when we get around people that are like, I care mostly about taking care of my family, feeding my family, and preserving what we have, that's normal. And all of a sudden you're like, I thought I was an introvert, but since everybody Everybody actually – Everybody else is sick. Everybody else is sick, and I just don't want to talk to them. All these people suck. And what they think is fun is not fun. This is no. my introvert's perspective. Okay? Let's go out and get fucked go, up, man. No, I've gone to no. so many events. And <laughs> if you are an introvert, you recharge your energy in solitude. 
If you are an extrovert, you recharge your energy in groups of people. Mm-hmm. That's it. It doesn't mean you're shy or not shy. It doesn't mean yeah. you can talk to people or not talk to people. It doesn't mean you can't be a loud mouth like I am or not be a loud mouth. That's just how you recharge. When I go to an event in normal society, what I see is somebody saying shit to me and I can read in their body language <laughs> that they're lying. And that bothers me. That saps my energy. When I go to an event at Jack's, Jack's this way, when I go to an event at Jack's, then the people who are talking to me say shit and they actually mean the stuff they say and their body language says they mean the stuff they say that not exhausting at all. It's a totally different experience. And that's, that's why, you know, when I hear people saying, I don't want to go cause I'm an introvert. I'm like, just go. Just like, go. If you walk off on your yeah. own because you need a minute of solitude. Nobody will bother you. No, going to ask you why are you feeling okay? Are you having a bad day? They're not going to do that to you. Not at these, because you have genuine people who don't have a, a need to hide anything. Yeah, I mean, everything. I think if you're an introvert stuff. and you're not, you're thinking about not coming because you're an introvert. Let me see if I can give you the best reason you can come and you know you can get away if you need to. Yeah. If you come here and you don't listen to the advice of don't drink as don't drink as much as you think you can, <laughs> and you drink to the point where you're sick, and you walk over to the the, the bush and you puke. If you don't fall over on the ground and need physical help, nobody will bother you when you do that. So if you walk off because you just need a break, nobody's going to bother you. On the other side of that, I have been to some of these events, not really mine. It seems like the people that come here are so welcoming to each other that anybody that kind of isolates, like people gently go around them and talk to them and make them comfortable. But I've been to like – some of the bigger um, ones, like Free State back in like 2012, 2013 time frame, there was huge. Like a keynote there was like 600 people. And then like throughout, you know, you had all these people. And you'd see somebody that was maybe very introverted sitting at a table by themselves. And like I always tried to make an effort to like walk over and sit down and say, hey, what's your name? How you doing? And talk to them. And then all of a sudden they would come out and they'd be talking to everybody. And I think a lot of people like they just – Maybe they were the kid that sat alone in in school and they never got over that or whatever. And, like, they would be comfortable if they knew they could be comfortable. And, like, especially if you are a a known quantity in Xavier Hawk or in Nicole Sauce or something, when you're in one of those environments and you see somebody like that, like, anybody should do this, but especially if you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're a headliner at an event or something, go talk to the people that are by themselves. Because then all of a sudden they're like, if, this, if, if, if fucking Xavier Hawk will come talk to me, well, then who the fuck can I talk to? If fucking Nicole Sauce will come talk to me, who can I talk to? Yeah. And, like, it, it's really cool, I think, when you see people come out of their shell. Or, like, you know, Nicole, sometimes at our events we literally fucking destroy people emotionally and rebuild them in three days. Like, like they end up, like, Only giving people this. people we know and love. Yeah, 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 but like, like the third day when we say, what are you taking home? Like, they have this fucking emotional fucking speech, and they're like, they, they have tears in their eyes, but they're not afraid to stand in front of fucking 80 people and do it. Like, that is like something that, like, if you can do that for people, fucking do that for people. Because like, so many of these people, like, they didn't have the uncles that I had that smacked them in the fucking head, right? They never had that. And like, one of the things I learned, when I started doing this show, I, it was really weird, and it, it took me a while to be comfortable with it at all. Like, 
I'm a fucking male role model for fucking people I don't know. Like, what the fuck? You like, you know, and like, you had people coming up to me going, like, you know, I never had anybody. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just guys. It was, sometimes it was females. Like, I never had a strong role, male role model in my life. And like, you've been that for me. Like, shit. Like, you start like, I better be careful with what I fucking say. I don't want to fuck somebody's life up, you know? And, but then you realize, like, so that one minute that I can walk over and talk to that person and say, hey, man, how you doing? That actually matters to them. And then you realize, like, yeah, that might be because I'm on the microphone five days a week or whatever, but, like, literally anybody can do that at any moment. Like, so when you go to these events and you are the extrovert, you are the person willing to, to, to put yourself out there, or you're the introvert that's, like, been converted a little bit, and you see that person's by themselves, if they want to be left alone, leave them alone. But if they're just alone because they're afraid to talk to people, go talk to them. Like, be that connection. And then when you, like, what will happen is, like, you see a guy, like, the guy that, like, really stands out to me, Nicole, that comes to our workshop every time is Hogeye. He's this older gentleman. He's a pharmacist. He's just a wonderful dude. And he'll he's the guy that will be like, oh, you're interested in doing pigs? I do pigs. And he'll talk to him. Or he'll be like, oh, you're interested in this? Let me tell you what. I And he'll go get the other person. He'll put yeah. them together. Yeah, he's great. Right? And and I that all of a sudden. he's the source of tell your story in five minutes, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he is. And he's the guy that will be like, you know what I'm going to fucking do today? I'm going to find the two most fucking extroverted motherfuckers in this place. And I'm going to put them together. And I'm going to form a – and then I'm going to, like, build a cluster around them. And, like, it's amazing. So, like, if you can do that shit, go do that shit. Make networks happen. Like, you can be the network – you can be, like, the Lego master and, like, assemble shit and make it happen. And then just back off. And I think that's, like, one of the other things we need to do as influencers is – and I've tried to do this. I've tried to, like, check my ego. And a lot of times I set something up, I get it going, and then I just – it's not mine. I don't run it. I'm out of here. I'm done. You guys are on your own. You guys are going to grow. And like things will never, like networks will never become what they can become if you constantly keep trying to fuck with it. It's like when you bake a cake, you mix up a batter, you put the cake in the fucking oven. When the cake starts baking, you don't fucking touch it till it's done. Let it become a cake. And I think a lot of times in, in the society we've built online versus in real life, We've gotten to where, like, as influencers, influencers get to a point where they feel like, I need to control this. And then they wonder why it can't be organic, right? That's crazy. Like, let it be. Like, start it, get out of the way, and let it let it cook, see what it can become. Should we give our community a homework assignment? Do you yeah. Do they do it? Yeah. If we said, if we said something like, uh, start, get on Facebook groups or local community, something or other, and start an event on whatever it is you're interested in, have any modicum of interest or skill in, like wildcrafting or herbal, you know, making herbal teas, whatever it is, something that's skill-based, my my offer or my invite would be go out and, and host event yourself. If Like, go make it happen. And what could we give them as a reward if they sent us a photo or a story or something, you know, like, do we have unloose the goose t-shirts? I'll be willing to give them fire tokens. Like, do we have anything of, uh, intrinsic, you know, fun value that we could give out for a reward? A to hearty our virtual to start pat on the back. Network? A hearty <laughs> virtual pat on the back. Good job. Like, because the reward you're going to get is going to be what happens. Like, and yeah. it, it doesn't have to be homestead. Well, yeah. It doesn't have to be survival prepping, uh, political activist. If you like fucking remote control fucking cars, Start some shit about remote control cars because I don't think that's appropriate. Fucking remote control cars. I think that's actually quite indecent. 
The <laughs> improper a family friendly. That was the improper interpretation of the use of the word <laughs> fucking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is the most powerful word in the English language. You can Google that. Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin. Bitcoin would be great. Like, start up a meetup group. If you know, if you know, let me tell you something. People think they don't know about Bitcoin. Do you know how to buy Bitcoin? Do you know how to move Bitcoin off an exchange into your wallet? Do you know how to send Bitcoin from one person's wallet to another person's wallet? If you know those three things, you know something right now that's incredibly valuable. And you might think, like, anybody can do that shit. It's not that they can't. And that's why I'm doing a presentation on this at the workshop. Like, people are afraid to do it. They're afraid they'll break something, mess something up, get in trouble, whatever. And when they see somebody else do it, they're like, oh, that's it? You copy and paste this address and hit send and enter your password and it goes and it works? So, like, you could set up, like, how to get started with Bitcoin. And I guarantee you right now, you know what you're going to get? Especially if you're an old fuck like me, you're going to end up with a whole shitload of millennials that want to learn how to do this. And, and you know what they have? They have energy. And they have connections. And they have a social life that old bastards like me don't have anymore, right? Like, that's the foundations of a network. Like, And then you are a mentor. And, and you know. Yep. Or you can go to a, a blockchain meetup. Right. There are blockchain meetups that you can go to. I'm sure just go to one. Town. Yeah. Nithi, what, what do you do in for your community? Do you do you have uh, meetups that you do regularly or quarterly or anything like that? I'm trying to get to the point where we can start doing more events here. But so far, what's been happening is the farms that I'm working with, they do farm dinners right now. So they're doing farm dinners at the moment, but I've actually not, I wasn't in, I didn't have like all this space. A lot of these things just came out of the chaos of 2020. So I'm like in a, I'm kind of in a build mode right now. And so, um, that's the only reason I haven't really hosted more stuff here now, but in years past, we've had many events and it's usually always on one of the farms that I'm working with. So we have meals and we have, you know, like a whole just day at the farm. It's not like a tour. It's more like a hangout and pop and meet and greet and, you know, grill. We're grilling a lot. Grilling helps. (laughs) There you go. You you can do something where you don't have to have like the ability to do like a workshop as we think of it or anything really complex or whatever. If you can find like, you know, a lot of places have community centers where that you can have, you can play a movie and you can reserve it for 20 bucks or for, for free or whatever. Just do, like, if you wanted to do gardening or permaculture, so maybe you do something like, we're going to do a viewing of Jeff Lawton's urban permaculture and a discussion afterward. And you invite people. And if 10 people show up, 10 people show up. You bring freaking chips and dip or something. And then you sit down and watch that, watch that movie and then have a, an integrate, like, what, what, what do you guys think about this? Like just a discussion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the old thing of like, if you go on a blind date and you're going to do dinner in a movie, right. And you want it to go smooth. Don't do dinner in a movie, do a movie and dinner. Right. Cause if you do a movie and dinner, then a you lot can of talk times people, people that can have a great conversation, they just need like the first time they're, they're nervous. And blah, they need to start. So if nothing else, you can talk about the movie was great or the movie was stupid. And then the conversation starts and then maybe a relationship starts. 
So you do the same thing with something like this. You, you take something, instead of having to be responsible to stand up and say, let me tell you how to build your permaculture garden, you take something done by a professional that's really cool, and you basically do a movie night, but you don't call it that. That way people will show up. And then you talk about, like, what do you think we could could do? And then maybe maybe one person's like, well, I have this really great yard, but I don't know that I could do this. And maybe those people say, well, they had permablitz in that. Let's do a permablitz at, at Tom's house. And 15 minutes ago, nobody who knew who the fuck Tom was. Right? Like, so just, we would do screenings like that, and it wasn't, it doesn't even have to be a movie. Like, it could be, no, like, short clips. It could be short little clips that you find from places and, and talk about what they're doing. You know, like, like, watch, watch something, have a conversation about it, check it out, like, compare, you know. Yeah. So we've, we've done a lot of those, like, open panel discussions. Or, well, let me, like, let me shamelessly pitch something. Um, I'm doing an event in Camden, Tennessee on October 23rd called the Self-Reliance Festival. And the whole purpose of this, besides you get to see people do cool demos like how to brew beer or whatnot, uh, is develop the in-person relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So if anybody's interested in coming out to Tennessee, it's uh, livingfreeintennessee.com. If you go to the website, you can just click on it. There's a button to register do things like that. Go to the Solar Punk Festival, which apparently overlaps with that. Go to Jack's workshop. If Neethi's doing something, go to that. But go to Rabbit Stick. Go to Firefly. Yeah. Go to something. Yeah, it's all of these things are a way to to network together. And I can say this because there is so much opportunity for these kinds of events this fall. I'm in the process of putting together an event calendar between now and the end of the year with links to these different events that I'm hearing about, we need to start oh, getting awesome. off our asses and getting out and doing stuff and, and talking to each other so we can have those tight relationships. Because once you do that, it's great. And then I saw a, 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 common, a comment on, I should get on Telegram to talk to people because Xavier is trying to connect with somebody at Telegram. That is one of the challenges is we don't have a unified place where we talk. So some freedom cells are on Discord. Some freedom cells are on Telegram. Rogue food people, I don't even know where they talk right now because some want to be on Facebook and some want to be on Telegram, right? And then unloose the should come We've to got fire people on. on YouTube. We've got people <laughs> on Odyssey. The reality is if you're going to do the digital, the digital interchange and you're like, I really want to be active, you may have to be on more than one network. Is what it is. Get comfortable with it. Go for it. Find where the action is and participate in the action. I end up talking on Telegram for Freedom Cells more than other things. I end up talking on MeWe for for Jack's uh, stuff, TSP, and for Living Free in Tennessee. And I'm pretty much absent on Discord right now, but that doesn't mean I will always be, right? There's more comments on Odyssey than YouTube, so I'll be on Odyssey. You kind of have to become a jack of all networks if you want to really stay connected. Yeah. I'll be at the Mountain Run right. if you guys want to come there. It's going to be loud. Let me tell you why you should go yeah. where Nicole wants. I'm sorry, Nathan. I thought you were done. I got to yeah. Sorry. I was just telling everybody that I'm, while we're putting plugs in, that I'll be at the Mountain Run Jam um, next weekend in uh, Virginia. And I love it because it's a whole weekend of workshops, but there's also live music and food and drinks and family. Oh, live music. And fun. 
<laughs> what I was saying there, and I'm sorry I stepped on you, Neethi. I had like a delay here, and I didn't realize you weren't done. Um, you should go to Nicole's thing she's talking about in Tennessee and Camden with John Willis because if you think Jack is a hard ass, you after you experience John Willis, you'll feel like Jack is a guy that will swaddle you like a baby and pat your back. <laughs> and maybe you need that. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I think John has done – John is one of my heroes because – I think he has done so much for so many young men who needed somebody just to basically say, listen, motherfucker, stand up and, and live your life like a man. That's and, right. <laughs> and I think that, like, if you can if you can make the time to go meet John Willis, you should. I mean, honestly, he used to call this Man Day. He kept oh, okay, talking cool. about doing a Man Day, and I'm like, let's do the Self-Reliance Festival, and I'm showing people how to make cheese and do canning because yeah. – Girls can learn mandate things too. And so we had to find a different name, but that is, it, it does flow like after the it event, it flows right. into a party where we have a big bonfire and fun. X, anything you want to plug before we sign off? I do have a quote to read before we sign off too. The one thing we shouldn't take any advice um, from him on is who to use as your internet service provider. He has right. no fucking idea. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, no, I think we've covered it all. I think, you know, getting out there, I, I really love the idea of, of asking our community to host an event on their own and, and see what, what results they get. Look at it as a skill building exercise. This is something you need to learn how to do and are going to need to know how to do, uh, in the coming years without the internet. So figure out what, what you are, who you are and what, how you interface with folks in that way. You know, throw an event, whatever it is. Yep. Okay. So on that note, after talking about underground networking, I ha I leave you with this this uh, <clears throat> quote from Colson Whitehead, the Underground Railroad, a different underground network that did a lot of good, actually. The world may be mean, but people don't have to be, not if mm. they refuse. The reason I chose that quote is the purpose when I think of underground networks is we're in a world where people are being encouraged to be mean to each other, we can stand up and opt out of that, and underground networks will help us do that. Well, with I that, you. Yeah, Agreed. with that, I just want to say thanks for joining us today in episode 54 of Unloose the Goose. If you thought this was a good episode, please share it with your friends. We'll have the audio podcast out tomorrow or you can share the Odyssey or YouTube links with your friends and drop us a review on, on one of the podcast networks that helps us get more listeners with that guys. Have a great weekend and go find your people, man. Go find your people. Honk, honk. honk. Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradise. Got no